0: So today we're talking with writer and ad man Isaac Simpson, also known as Disgraced Propagandist. He's essentially the base rights ad man. He was recently featured in a Vanity Fair article about the e rights, and he's worked for figures like Curtis Yarvin and other cutting edge types. He's the go-to guy for this sort of thing. So we cover why advertising and ad men are broken, the new base marketing and its enemy, why transgressive truth is the best ad and glorifying and aligning emerging right-wing brands on our side. Hope you enjoy it. So, I mean, what I saw recently with you is that I didn't know about you, as you you did, Curtis Yarvin uh, contacted you to um, manage his marketing. When did that happen? How did that eventuate? So,
1: that happened in 2017, and um, I had been, you know, I've been basically doing the same things for 10 years or 11 years since I moved here, which is, blogging on various different platforms uh or being like a kind of journalist you know i was a journalist for vice and la weekly for a while um and doing branding and marketing right so those are like the two things i've always done i've I've like i'm a professional copywriter and like creative director and i write like you know the type of stuff i like kind of like kind of gonzo journalism type stuff so i've basically been doing that for 10 years um I had been writing on Medium at the time, and I wrote a piece mm. about Frog Twitter uh, called mm. Raining Frogs, when a lot of the guys started getting banned. And there was a guy back then uh, called Menaquinone4, and Menaquinone4 was, like, one of the big, like, he was, like, you know how we think of, like, BAP and Zero HP and Delicious Tacos as, like, the big names? Uh, mm. Mena was, like, that big. He was, like... That stature. He was one of like the big Mount Rushmore heads of the scene. I mean, back then they all only had like ten thousand followers, though. You know, they weren't that big. I mean, I think Bap had maybe like twenty. Um, he yeah, Menace had maybe even less than ten. But he was uh, inc- really hilarious, just like a total meme king. And and he got he was one of the first ones to really get banned like permanently. And I wrote a piece about him. Uh, he disappeared. He's like. He like disappeared wow. and never came back. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's interesting. Um, mysteries and yeah. go on. Wait, sorry, what?
0: I just said the mysteries of anonymity, but go on, go on.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. Mm. So anyway, uh, I I had published this piece called "Raining Frogs" about that, and I'd already been hanging out with tacos here, so mm. I was, you know, I kind that's how I got into it was through delicious tacos. That's how I started mm. seeing these other people, and um, and finally finding BAP, etc. And Mm. I get a call one day or an email one day from, Mm. you know, and I'm, oh, I I was like really down and out at this time too. So I was like, I really like needed, I needed something to come. And like out of nowhere, I get an email one day from Galen at Tlon, you know, T-L-O-N, which is the parent company of Urbit. I had no idea what any of this stuff was. And I, I you know, I had just read some letter to an open-minded progressive. I knew who Moldbug was, mm. but he wasn't even, mm. like he had been doxxed, but it wasn't even like, people didn't refer to him as Curtis Yarvin. Like people still only mm. said Moldbug back then. Yeah, and yeah. I get a call and they're like, hey, we'd really like to talk to you about our company. And I was like, okay. Mm. And I jump on a call with Galen and this guy named Curtis Yarvin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's them too we talk for three hours I actually still have it saved on my computer because I recorded it for some reason and we talked for three hours about their company and like 20 minutes in I'm like kind of like googling on the side I'm like who is Curtis Yarvin like how do I know this name and I realized oh that is Moldbuck like I'm talking to Moldbook right now like I, and I was like oh holy shit like on the call I was like oh my god so they had read this piece about Frog Twitter, and they knew I did branding and marketing. And you know, this was Curtis has always been a great like kind of mentor type. You know, he he really likes like bringing people up and sponsor people, and you know that's like a big part of what he does well. And I think I was an early like experiment in that. They were like, well, you know, we don't we mm-hmm. need to do. We've been thinking about doing some branding for Herbit. Uh, we don't really know what we're doing. This we like this guy. Uh, let's just like have him up here and you know see what we can get out of it so i i basically spent like three days in a room with galen and curtis just throwing shit at the wall trying to figure out how to brand Urbit, which still to this day is an impossible is an impossible task so uh you know we yeah. didn't get very far but um you know, I, I tried to help them write their investment primer and everything like that. But I mean, back then, Curtis was so in control of, of it that it was like, mm. you know, um, I, I don't think it, it, we they really got a whole lot out of my services, which I still feel kind of bad about. But then I ended up working for them much later anyway. So it, it's all good. But Curtis was great. Mm. Curtis was awesome. He's a, you know, really yeah. cool guy. Really. Yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, did you feel that? I mean, it's kind of interesting because you first enter a, sort of the, a scene lightly and you were saying down and out there, right? That's interesting. Do you feel that maybe there's sort of a path of riding the tiger open for you or of destiny there in some way that you grabbed on to at all? Because, I mean, what you must you, have seen some, okay, mean? there's some light here. Well, I'm saying there's some light here. If you, okay, before this, you were sort of just living the normal marketer's life, weren't you? You weren't really frog Twitter. Or had you read Bap's book and all that sort of stuff? You were sort of half Bap's book in, half didn't out. even
1: exist. Brown, that. Bap, Bap's book hadn't even been released yet. Yeah. Um, this was before Bronze Age Mindset, probably a good year before Bronze Age Mindset. Um, but what do you mean riding I'm, the I'm tiger? Sorry, I'm, trying
0: to, I'm trying to... Riding the tiger is sort of the opportunities open and instead of going, oh, wait, hang on, let me do a bit more prep, you, you sort of say yes and you jump in fully. Yeah, Locating destiny I, is what I'm saying. Because I think destiny certainly exists if you grab onto it, if you say uh, yes and you go for it, right? So what I'm trying to essentially track is the emergence of base marketing. I'm trying to yeah. okay, is this is the beginning point where you jump onto this uh, riding the tiger. Maybe you could just talk about a bit like that, how that starts to unfold from there.
1: Yeah, sure. No, I mean I definitely think I think it's like a destiny is like you have to you have to have the space for it you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're working at a company your whole life, it's never going to, you know, like it's, it's not going to get there because you're never going to have the openness to, to do something, you know, you're, you're never going to really be able to, to, to take an opportunity like that. Right. Like if I'd had a day job, I would have never been able to, you know, I would have never been able to, to, uh, do that. Um, So, well, so actually it's funny. At the time I was living in Long Beach because I had gotten an insanely good copywriter job at an agency Mm. down there who like took a big bet on me. And I had, didn't really have any experience. They brought me in. It was a, they expected me to like know all this. I knew almost nothing about like the traditional method of copywriting. Then there's a very traditional like Mm method you're supposed to use it's not hard mm. but you need to kind of like know the lingo and i didn't know the lingo, so mm. i literally moved my girlfriend you know now my wife at the time to long beach to take this job which was in newport beach yeah and i had a podcast at the time this was right during trump i was at this place when oh, trump my. got elected and um I got my, I had a podcast and I got my tarot cards read on the podcast. And I said to my friend who was reading my tarot cards, I said, all I want is for this job to work out. Like, I just want to be great at this job. Like read my tarot. Tell me, you know, tell me how it's going to go with the job. He was like, you know, he did the cards. And the third one was like the three of cups or something, or the, it was the guy under the tree. It was, I forget, but it's a four of something where the guy's like down and out, like under the tree. And he was yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm sorry to say, dude, you're going to be out of this job in three to five months." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was a hundred yeah. to the day. Yeah, three months, I was gone. I was out of there, um, largely because oh, of politics. Wow. You know, like because yeah. I was outspoken about I was outspoken about being pro-Trump. And and uh, right. you know, the guy, the main creative director, like whispered in my ear one time. He was like, "Just so you know, like we would never." have a trump supporter working here if if like i had it my way basically you know like and shortly thereafter i got laid (laughs) off so yeah i mean i also had no idea what i was doing so it was probably doubly you know beneficial for them to get rid of me but it was devastating because i was i'd moved my whole family down you know like it was terrible it was it was really horrible um and then you know i was again that's when i was really down and out and that's when curtis came out of the woodwork so yeah definitely a moment of destiny for sure
0: yeah well it sounds like you held no matter what you were doing you were just holding to what you were you are you know most people wouldn't be dumb enough not dumb enough it's, not, I don't yeah, think it's, yeah, dumb. it's true no no because no i've done the same thing because i just can't help it because i'm too disagreeable and you're probably the same as you're yeah. just too gris- disagreeable not to right which is good yeah. for an entrepreneur not so good to work for a machine right yeah. So entrepreneur, totally. perfect. Right. But an, an entrepreneur can't work for a company like that because eventually they just get punted because they yeah. just, uh, uh no, this is right. And so you, you have a certain conviction, right? And also too, when thinking, oh, I don't know anything and in a sense, there's an old adage in the film industry that nobody knows anything. Right. I really think that's both true and untrue. It's true in the sense that no one knows the future for certain all the theories you have because that, that applies to movies right is that you, no one knows anything no one can pick a success, no matter how they grift you, I think it is the same is true of us, even with the. The greatest theory cells that you can bring to board, doesn't matter what theorists you have on your side. You're not going to pick the future and th- th- they might give you a general trend or something fine, but ultimately. Nobody knows anything, I no, think, absolutely
1: right? true. Yeah, nobody really knows what's going to happen at all. And then, and then the people get lucky, you know, and then they say, oh, I called yeah, it, you yeah. know, but it's then, you know, you never yeah. hear when they, they didn't call it. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's the yeah, bias maybe. of
0: that um, cognitive bias of the future thing, right, is these people that predict the market. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the other people that failed, it's a selective thing. It's cherry-picking yeah. the person that was successful, right? And next year they won't be. So, Yeah. yeah.
1: Did you ever, and uh, so after- in, did you ever work in like a corporation?
0: Not, not, not Yeah, Television though. So it was the sport. I didn't, I was, again, I've always been so disagreeable. I never was for very long. So uh, that was more technical though. So I wasn't, oh, I've, I've worked in the corporations a lot actually in terms of TV. So from production jobs to uh, technical audio jobs, camera jobs, but mostly on the technical side before I started directing things. But I was always doing my own stuff, right? Yeah. I couldn't imagine being like that because you constantly, you have to be reliant on someone either selecting you or not having your own reputation. That's the worst part of being a cog in a machine is that you have, oh, you're good at this technical job. You are only relying on your reputation though, at least with the film and yourself, right? If you've got a, a portfolio of work that speaks for you, no matter what, how bad you fuck up your reputation, <laughs> <laughs> at least you've got the work there, right? Um, yeah, yeah, so I know what that's like, but I always hated it because you're always, tr- you know, you, you, you're, I don't know, you're just a cognitive machine. You're machinized into something. Yeah. I, could, well, I couldn't yeah, think of yeah, anything you're,
1: worse. You're, you're totally right about the disagreeable. Uh, I took one of those tests one time, and you know they give you like the percentages of each of your traits. Yeah, I was ninety nine percent disagreeable. Shit,
0: you're higher than I am, man. I'm I'm ninety eight <laughs> or something. So you're one point higher than me.
1: I was like, damn, I didn't, even, I, didn't realize, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. Uh, I knew, see, I knew yeah.
0: I was, I knew I was right about that. But that but makes no You sense, were dead right, on. Because...
1: You were a hundred percent right. That was that was a great call. You good psychology. You're a good
0: psychologist. It's the district. Well, that comes with the territory of drama, right? Because you're constantly yeah. breaking down what people are, what their motives are and that sort of thing. It's a great personality trait though. It's rare. It's pretty rare to That's That's why all the great entrepreneurs have it, right? It's it's very low percentage. So it's actually good. If you can do the job you're now doing, um, right. they're the kind of people you send in to fire people. Again, <laughs> all of us are kind of like that. If you look on the dissident, right? You're like, Bap, all these people, you'll find they're very high disagreeability. Same with probably yeah. Curtis Yavin, all, all those people. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right. Because because you don't want other people uh, telling you what reality is. You know, you're like, no, yes. like I, I'm not. You're not going to tell me like what's yeah. real and what's not. You know, and I think we all share mm. that in common.
0: Yes, or and and not not everyone, but yeah, truth seeking. Uh, not everyone is necessarily truth seeking, I suppose, but I do think it's well. Hang on, this is the truth. Even if each person might have their own truth, I suppose you could say. But most of us, I would say, saying go towards that. Whoever's got the truth will go towards for the most part, but, um, yeah. So this actually suits ideally this idea of based marketing. So maybe before we jump into base marketing or transgressive marketing, you could call it, but also anchored, like we talked about when we had our previous conversation, maybe talk about that great article you had. And as a description of what these, um, types of ad people are that live in the machine what their attitude is, these these older ad men that, that, that encompass the industry. And that'll be a good place to go to next, I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you're talking about the article that's called um, Vibe Shift to Destroy Marketing World. And that right. went like mini viral, nothing compared to the Montana piece, obviously, but it, it, that got some attention. Um, it was on Dan Bongino, which was awesome. I actually probably got more subscribers from that one thing than anything else because Dan Bongino just has like, Eight million boomers <laughs> following us everywhere. Yeah, word. yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. so uh, the reason why that one did did really well is because sort of the like um, uh, elite class of marketing <laughs> is made up of like two types of people. One, you have these kind of aggressive feminist like. Um, they're not like dog moms because actually they have kids because they're like ultra perfectionists. So like they would never not have kids because they want to be everything to everybody, right? So it's like they, they would never they have to like check every box, you know, total perfect box checker. You know, they they all went to good schools, they've worked their way up, and they're total like uh school mom, uh longhouse matron, you, you know, that type of person. Um, and they're like rock star, you know, like I'm a rock star, like girl boss, you know, very millennial. So that's one type. <laughs> and then yeah. there's always one of them. So, so the management team of your of your average major uh, marketing firm or major advertising firm. So,
0: like, oh, what yeah, I was going to say this includes ad men, right? We're also talking about Mad Men. Like this, that's this is modern Mad Men is
1: yeah. What what Mad Men today is is a is a marketing firm like 72 and Sunny or Wyden Kennedy or Deutsch mm. or um any of these big names, right? And um uh, RPA, uh Shiat Day. Oh, yeah. Um yeah. so <clears throat> the management team of each of these firms will be almost identical. It'll be one of these women who I'm talking about, who will be yeah. the token woman that they'll <laughs> that they'll have like shoved in there. And she doesn't do any actual creative work, she just like talks right to everybody. Yeah. And yeah. then the other two or three will be dudes. And this the type mm-hmm. of dude that this article is about is a hype dad. And hype dads yeah. are this like type of guy. And the reason it really resonated because in the creative industries and in the marketing industries, you always run into this guy. And he's mm-hmm. they're always strangely tall. They're always like six five yeah. or like six, six three for some mm-hmm. reason. They all wear the hipster glasses. They're all kind of graying. Yeah. They will one hundred percent of the time have like two hundred and fifty dollars sneakers on, right? And, yeah. and they're they all have like twelve year old, thirteen year old kids, and they're yeah. just they, they love Kendrick Lamar, you know. They, they're mm-hmm. just this really archetypical type of uh like guy mm-hmm. who's kind of like you know they love hip hop and like surfing yeah. and like, you know, yeah. they're just such a poser and they're complete, they're all making like a million dollars a year and they're completely yeah. disconnected with reality. Like they're, and they're very yeah. political. So th- they get woker mm. and woker and woker because they're constantly virtue signaling, right? They're con they're going to be the first one with the fist in the air every time, you know,
0: because it they makes- just
1: want to be cool.
0: Yes. I was going to say, So I like almost as if, the machine is. If they're a machine for upload. Cool to me because I have to be this. Because if I'm not cool, I yes. can't be the head of this ad firm, right? Exactly.
1: That's like, go exactly on. right. Go on. That's that's very well put. Actually, what you just said is very very well put. It's like they have this impetus to be cool, right? And so yeah. they're trying to be cool, but they're just not. <laughs> they're they're completely not yeah. cool. Yeah. So
0: and they're not uh, founding know, I... cool, are they? Because the founding yeah. of cool is something different than cool, and because. Yeah, because you can be transgressive in a traditional way, but anyway, go on. Sorry, I'm interrupting. No, you no, no, no,
1: no. I think that's very well put. What you just said, it's like they're supposed to be the barometer. They think that they're supposed to be the barometer of cool, right? So they're trying to get these these like cues. They're like Kendrick Lamar. Like I can like him, right? Like he, you know, they're trying to like. They're trying to like be yeah. cool, even though they're just total schlubby old white guys. You know, they're 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 completely like they <laughs> are like, you know, they're basically old businessmen, yeah. white guys, but they're trying to be mm. cool, you know, um, yeah. it, which is just yet another example of how everything in our world is like the opposite of what it actually is. It's like it, it, instead yes. of just owning the fact that they're an old business guy, you know, wearing a suit. Yeah. <laughs> They have to pretend like they're an 18-year-old skateboarder, you know, which is just so stupid. Um, well, that's so the, true, the, though,
0: what you say there. It's true because that's what the madmen would have used to have done. Look yeah. at us. You model us with our right. suits you and model our us young and our this. And... Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, right. So um I, I had worked with a bunch of these hype dads. And in a given year, because I I still freelance to this day. So when I freelance, I dip back into this world. And it's so funny because the further I get away from it, every time I dip my toe back into it, I'm just, I'm just stunned I'm stunned at how (laughs) completely ridiculous it is. And so I had done a big freelance job for a very big name agency. And there was a hype dad running the project. And this fucking guy would not stop talking about goat, goat. Everything was goat. So GOAT is like 10 years late of like, you know, mm. like hip hop kind of rapper types, like black people saying GOAT at to mean greatest of all time, you know, which is yeah. like, it's yeah. been around forever, but it like 10 years late at the, for whatever reason, at the same exact time, every hype dad got wind of this word GOAT, <laughs> right? So Ooh, I man. started the article with images of different branding campaigns. So it's like a million brands yeah. you've heard of all having their own version of a goat greatest of all time mm. pun campaign. Yeah. There's like 20 yeah. of them because all yeah. these hype dads, for whatever reason, at the exact same time, like got a whiff of like goat. Mm. So it's just, they all think exactly the same. And, and that was like what that piece was about was just like how mediocre these, these guys are, you know, and how like yeah. totally incapable of genuine creative work and out
0: of touch with
1: anything they actually are yeah
0: and also how bad that structure is how different perhaps it was from i mean i'm not saying the original mad men were were mother teresa but at least they were sort of connected running with some traditional things or anchored to something so you've noticed this pattern you notice the machine and you notice it's part of the illness How do you invert that? Is that where you come to this idea of this, this new uh, innovative or you, I'll let you describe it, I suppose, but based marketing. Yeah. So is that where that came from?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it it completely comes as a, you know, I hate to make anything. It's so funny because I'm always telling brands don't be reactive yet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in a way my agency is reactive, but
0: but reactive to be not reactive, though. So that's it, different, yeah. I think. But anyway.
1: Yeah. On. But, um, yeah, that's exactly what base marketing is. Base marketing is, try, you know, we had this incredible 50-year run where we made unbelievable brands, unbelievable mm. um, products, unbelievable marketing, messaging, advertising. You know, we we had this, what's called in the marketing world or the advertising world, the creative revolution. It began with mm. uh, the Lemon ad. So mm. I, I don't know if you remember the Volkswagen Lemon. So that uh, that was very counterintuitive at the time, right? It was to to mm. say, it to do an ad in that way. Before it was basically just put your logo up, you know, and then just say the mm. best cigarettes, you know, like that, that. that was it. But to do something funny and unique mm. and interesting and make it sort of entertainment in its own right, that was the very beginning of that. Right. And after that, uh, that's when the art and copy revolution happened. So it's now like every copywriter is paired with an art director and that's like the sort of central, like team that creates most marketing. So that lasted for like 50 years until, uh, now (laughs) we're seeing, um, you know, the Bud Light thing is the perfect example. Um, the woke takeover of marketing, right? Mm. I mean, it's basically bio-Leninist takeover of, of the marketing industries, and so mm. people like to vote with their wallets, right? They like mm. to do that. They they want the brands that they buy to represent them, which is actually, mm. you know, kind of tragic in its own right. But but that's how we've been made. Like we're consumerists in America, right? Mm. The things you buy mm. are you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's kind of mm-hmm. how we've been trained. Right. So we've been trained to believe that the brands we are, are us. And then, so now suddenly you have these completely insane ideologues, like, mm. you know, putting men dressed as women on, on uh beer cans and shit. And so all these people are like, well, wait a second, fuck that. Like I took pride in being a, a Bud yeah. Light person. And so now you're just seeing this massive, backlash and demand every week there's a new brand that's launched that's like you know the daily wire launches the based or not based but they call it you know the the chocolates the <laughs> that, that, that did you yeah. see that <laughs> you know what i mean like, uh, and, the, and are Black they still calling it
0: jeremy's yeah are they yeah. calling it everything jeremy's though yeah so they don't get it
1: uh, yeah no you know, right because and that's why i keep saying and then the thing that just launched yesterday that was was the ultra right beer you know like, clearly, yeah. this is a huge, massive cultural shift that's happening, right? But unfortunately, the people filling the gap so far are people like Black Rifle Coffee who are totally full of yeah. shit, you know? And, mm. and they're just marketing companies, you know? I mean, Black Rifle Coffee is just a marketing company. Like, they're 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 taking the same shit coffee. It's probably literally the exact same coffee as some other no. woke brand right it's just they paint an american flag on it and then it's like we you know we're america coffee which is hollow um, and bullshit and nothing
0: you know so we're trying to do we're trying also to also explain back- the kind of people Sorry, that are exploiting this the kind of people that are exploiting this though like black rifle company we should just quickly explain like yeah. he's a homosexual he's a homosexual veteran who's completely left-wing pretending to be it's all right we can say he's a homosexual whatever He's no pretending dare. to be a not like you know a traditional person, you know, a traditional yeah. person that isn't and you know a veteran, and it's all fake. He's a complete left-wing person exploiting yeah. this, right? No, so, totally.
1: And and when the rubber came daily- to meet the road, when the rubber came to meet the mm. road with Kyle Rittenhouse, we saw mm. who he really was, right? We saw he was just another mm. fucking globalist motherfucker who was willing to throw yeah. the entire movement under the bus as soon as it became slightly, you know, slightly inconvenient to, to do so. So mm. You know, yeah. I, and I think, uh, yeah, it just revealed like how shallow and how completely meaningless that whole thing is. And I think a, a lot of the fear that people have in, in getting involved in base marketing is the thing we all agree on. They're all like, well, we're not be- black rifle coffee. Right. Like, <laughs> cause yes, everybody says to me, like, they don't want to be that because they know that that's just such a crappy example. well, well
0: Let's talk about for a second, Bud. I just thought about this, is that what's the difference between uh, just something that's transgressive, but when you destroy Bud, maybe you don't just lose a brand and not just, I don't mean that's just an American isn't just someone who has a brand as his identity, but the the good admin that wrapped up some true parts of American being, because you have to to really advertise something well, don't you? So let's say they did when they did early Bud ads, they probably wrapped up a sense of Americanness with that brand or, or maleness that was American maleness, right? And so when you oh, attack that and kill that, you kill the same thing. So it's not just that American is a brand guy. It's that they've wrapped up the true American being with that. No matter how semblance is driven, there must have been an ad man at a time that went, what does it mean to be American? How do we, you know, and so he's looking to American being, even if he's doing his job. Um, And I know people say, oh, ad men and marketers are corrupt or whatever, this and that. But still, there was a person at one time that did because people do take it as important. So when you lose that, what are we looking to then? Right. And we talked about this in our last conversation, the anchor, the truth of American being that was with that brand that they've now attacked. That is the reason why people get upset. It's not just that it's called Bud. It's that there's something underneath that was connected to it that is the truth of it. And so Absolutely. What, what do you do to grab that? I suppose you, that's, that's part of base marketing, right? Anyway, go, go on, yeah. No, no, that's what you were asking
1: last time. And you used the great example of the, um, what was the jacket, the coat?
0: Oh, the barber, the barber jackets or the tweed, yeah, the the tweed jackets, jacket. as, as, it's, as it's related to the king, is that's, that's what the, the king would do, is he would lift up these things that were imbued with this part of English being that he recognized because he understands the moral order. And so I would posit that to some degree, there were some ad executives in America that understood truths of American being as well. So, and did that with Bud and which made it something that was more than just a, a brand that they'd imbued it with something, even though it was just a brand, they imbued it with something that was real. And so in a Absolutely. sense, no, yeah. that's what we need to do is be like the King and better understand what this thing really is that will impel people in a healthy way, but in a powerful way, actually a more powerful way, I would say then but anyway, I'll let you g- go back into it.
1: No, I, I think what you're saying is is really cool. And, I, you know, it's funny because when you originally made this point, I didn't really understand what you were saying. And now I'm, it's really like coming together in my head. I do see what you're saying. I think, I mean, Bud, Bud's mm. an interesting case, right? Because absolutely it represented America. In, in 2016, Budweiser mm. changed its name to America for a summer Because they they know they know that they're doing exactly what they're saying. They know they're equated with America, right? Mm. What's really sad Mm. is that Bud is fucking horrible, (laughs) you know, and it's like really disgusting product, you know, that's been completely hollowed out and is now just Mm. water, corn water, you know, whatever's actually in there. It's 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 like the most globalist, horrible estrogen thing, right? So that's yeah. why it's actually somebody tweeted uh, at me recently. Well, actually this, you know, Dylan, whatever is the perfect spokesperson for, because, <laughs> you know, orc fuel. Um, and so it's like, that's exactly, he probably drinks it all the time. Um, so, you know, that's example of the woke being more correct than the, than the the mainstream. But um yeah, so I think that Bud absolutely uh was yeah. that for America, 100%. Like it was so, it, that was the definitive American beer, for sure. And it was a big part of like the American grill out. You know, like in football mm. Sunday, Budweiser and and really, I mean, in later years Bud Light became a symbol of like the working class. You know, it was like the the construction worker has the, the blue Bud Light. It was always like really equated mm. with like the normal dude, right? Actually, a lot mm. of Mexican guys, like Mexican dudes fucking love Bud Light. You know, the, that's like their thing. Mm. Like Mexican mm. kind of like construction worker dudes, like that's their shit. Mm. They fucking love it. Mm. And so it really became kind of like this American working class symbol, particularly the Bud Light. Because Budweiser itself mm. kind of like Bud Heavy, as we call it. Uh, mm. sort of just lost, nobody ever, I've you know, nobody really drinks that anymore. But Bud Light oh, right. survived and became this kind mm. of like really working class American thing. And I think um, it, as for what base marketing means, it's like, yeah, it's about kind of like digging down into the soul of what it means to be American of what it means to be, you know, whatever it is we are, whatever our tribe is, And finding these elements of truth Mm. that are Mm. um, about like who we are and and how those things Mm. represent us and how those things are rooted in our history and created by us and Mm. not to uh, lie about them and not to paint them with bullshit, but to actually tell the story of what they really are. I mean, that's what we say based mm. marketing is. I I, I want to have a positive vision for based marketing that's not just reactive, right? So, what the yeah, positive yeah. vision of based marketing? It's not just anti woke, you know. It's not just like Patreon mm. marketing. It's telling the truth about these things. <laughs> You know, mm. it's like, what mm. really is this thing that you're, mm. you know, like, like, what, mm. what is the the project? I, I, I say a lot of what I do is brand psychotherapy. It's like founder psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And I sit there and I say mm. to them, I do these workshops and I say it to my clients, I say like, what real, why are you really here? You know what I mean? Like, not, mm. not mm. like what you tell people, like, why are you actually yeah. doing this? And yeah. they kind yeah. of say like, oh, wow. Like, you know, the real reason is, you know, like, like yeah. This yeah. Is- is what i really want to do and i think if you look at the best brands in history right like um uh just do it right is one of the best Mm. ever right but one of the best tag maybe the best tagline ever written just do it Mm. just do it nike that comes from Mm. uh the last words of the serial killer gary gilmore who's uh, uh, on (laughs) that was his last words before he got electrocuted right and the story Mm. goes Uh, the creatives at Wyden Kennedy, that was Wyden Kennedy, got famous for doing that. They're in Portland, Oregon. Um, they were like had nothing. They were going to the meeting, and they just pulled up the newspaper. Gary Gilmore was getting killed. It was you know in 1988 or whenever that was, and they went into the meeting, and they were just like, just do it, and that became. An absolute symbol of American achievement, of the entire Americanist vision of being able to, like, strive and achieve the heights, you know, which mm. Michael Jordan came to represent. And it was beautiful. Mm. It was a completely beautiful, perfect campaign. And it all really tracks back, one, to the American dream of, uh, you know, self um, fulfillment of, you know, working hard and being able to get anywhere you want. Mm. But it also mm. goes back to Phil Knight, the founder of Nike himself. Phil Knight is like the ultimate, he's basically an accountant. He's like, in a, mm. he's like a droll accountant mm. who just mm. like made this company out of absolute thin air. Mm. Like he just, mm. <laughs> you know, I've read his book. His book, Shoe Dog is great. And um, yeah. Just Do It is really a reflection of him. You know, it's, it's such a yeah. like his whole vibe is just do it. So I think that that's like what that's- base marketing seeks to do. It it seeks to find genuine roots in the founders and in the product and in the history of the things that were um, creating propaganda around and make it real and make it true versus yeah. making it a bunch of bullshit because some focus group, Oh, let's, let's have a focus group. And they're going to tell you like, yeah. we need to talk about this. Like that's the dumbest I've never seen that work yeah. ever. You know, focus group marketing.
0: It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's bullshit. It's it's almost seems like it's seeking the truth is now. I mean, I know it's an old term, but it is a revolution in a way. When you say "just do it," what is "just do it" fundamentally? It's 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 saying just get get rid of all the bullshit and get you stop bullshitting yourself, right? So it, what that really means is in a land and in America that's probably why it was so successful because it is a land of bullshit in many ways. Right. But in the essence, what everyone deeply hankers for is the truth. Just do it. Stop bullshitting yourself. Stop whatever this is clear, the semblance and do it. And that was probably the truth of like you're saying about that guy with, that uh, was Nike. They probably got to his essence as well, right? They're trying to think about Nike and think getting to the essence of something. The essence is in things. So when the branders, if they're really trying to come up with something good, they're thinking about Nike, even if they don't even go into his backstory, they probably did though. They're trying to get the essence of it. The essence is in these things. It's in his designs and such. So it, where does it come from? There's, people say, oh, how do you get to, is that, am I just talking shit about this interpretation? But no, if that is his essence and it is, was just, is an accountant and the numbers, as Kipling says, the gods of the copybook headings can't be avoided, which is the truth. That's what that means. He's an accountant. You can't account, you know, the accountant tells you what's left of the money. There's no, that's, so he obviously was a guy that was about not fucking around, right? So I would suggest that that came out of the being of the company they're looking at. So right. I agree with you. I think that's what happened. That's, and just do it. That's what just do. It is just stop bullshitting yourself, get, lose the semblance and get out and start exercising. Cause that is what you do. Bullshit yourself. And I think, right. honestly, I don't think that's a pitch. What you're seeing is true. It's in a sense what you're doing is ultimately the essence of that. Just do it really. But in terms of finding to the truth it's getting to the essence of a company and a person and the thing is, in a land of propaganda, that's going to be naturally transgressive. And we know that transgressive is good. And of course, even if it isn't, I think it's a useful thing for a company like you to do, regardless of whether you are going to the essence of the truth of it. But luckily for you, the truth is now 100% transgressive, right? So it's <laughs> right, right. what's going on. Yeah, there's no way.
1: Right. There's no way around it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So and I think. Forgoing all the bullshit, getting to the essence of them, that's a hard thing, getting to the roots of it. But who else should be doing it than someone who's supposed to understand what gets people moving, what gets people influenced to do things? Because what you're trying to do in essence is, you're not trying to just convince someone to do something. The ultimate convincing happens when you give them something that's part of their being, like you talked about before. It's not about the name Bud, it's about the things that they associated with it that were an American being. To so say you do something, You imbue a sort of value in the product and the ads you associate with it. And in the minds of the people that you hit, it's in their procedural hierarchy, whatever, and they're impelled towards it. So really, what's the best thing for this person, you, to know is this? What motivates them? What, What grabs them? And obviously, you look at yourself, I guess. So maybe you could talk a bit about that, your process for understanding these things. I've read some of your articles where you're in dive bars describing in Vegas talking about you're describing in vivid details, kind of like Delicious. That maybe that's a bit influenced by Delicious Tacos, but talking about things in vivid detail of the, the degeneracy and this and that. It seems like you're telling truths there. Is that part of your process? Well, how do you discover the, these things? To, it's a
1: great to... question. Um, so, I do, there's like, there's like a couple different things. So, one thing is uh, just to sit with the people making the thing. Right. So, so that's a big part of it is is we do an immersion. So it's like you sit and you just Mm. listen, ask a bunch of questions, try and get them to give you the answer basically. Right. Mm. And uh, so, you know, the clients I've been working with recently, that's what I'm spending a lot of time doing. It's just kind of probing around and interviewing basically, you know, interviewing them and getting Mm. a sense of really why they're doing it. Um then when it comes to the actual writing part so when i'm doing taglines what i do is i go for walks so i go for a long walk uh and i just walk walk and i just have the notes program and i just go and just stuff comes (laughs) you know stuff i just start thinking about um i just let it just kind of come in you know and i just um Yeah. You know, you just start thinking about, I mean, there's, this is actually why I I did go to portfolio school. I sort of missed that part. I I went to like portfolio uh, night school and learned Mm -hmm. the typical creative process and the typical creative process in an agency is focused around insights. So insights are uh, universal truths. So kind of like what a comedian does, you know, like when a comedian gets on the stage and goes, what's the deal with, you know what's the deal with this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. I'll give you an example. Mm. So, one of one of my favorite campaigns ever is the Most Interesting Man in the World. Did you remember that? Did you ever no. hear see that? Maybe
0: it, jog my memory. Just go. With so it, it. it was for a beer
1: a called Dos Equis, which was a Mexican beer, and and they did this whole uh, campaign called the Most Interesting Man in the World, and it it was a huge sensation here in America, and it mm. was like. Uh, it was this kind of James Bond type character who was like this old man who had great stories and it like flashed back to his whole life. And he was doing great, you know, he was like being carried around by midgets and like scuba diving in the Arctic. You know, he was just like living this really (laughs) incredibly like interesting, cool life, you know, but very over the top. Like it was intentionally over the top. Very, very well done. Like perfect. They ran this campaign for like 10 years. Um, and it totally made the brand Dos Equis. Um, but that insight that sparked that campaign was, okay, you have this unknown Mexican beer, right? Dos Equis. Nobody knows this shit. In America before, it had no presence. It was like, you saw it around every now and then. It was like, what is this? Nobody knows what this is. It's just this random Mexican beer. So who's your audience? Your audience is men, Right. So then a bunch of creatives get in a room, and they start rolling insights. So they start talking about insights, right? So insights about anything, about the beer, about men, about anything you know, right? So at a certain point, somebody says something like, uh, okay, well, what do we know about men? What motivates men? <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. what's, what does a man, you know, these people who are going to drink this beer, what do they want? It, like, does a man want to be uh, the richest man in the world? Like, Not really. Like, does anybody, I don't want to be the richest man in the world. I mean, like, I I don't, I don't know any guy that wants that. Does a man want to be the best looking guy in the world? Like, definitely not. (laughs) Like, no, no man is sitting around dreaming of being the best looking man in the world. I mean, maybe a couple of them, but, um, what men really want, they want to be interesting, right? They want to be the guy at the party that has the best story. You know, that, that's like, really, we all want to be that guy. We all want to be the guy who's like telling the, you know, the amazing story of when we, you know, just track down a bear in Saskatchewan, whatever. Um, And so they just focused on that insight about men, about their audience, and they embodied it with the most interesting man in the world. Right. And so it's a great insight about, that audience. Yeah. And then what do they say? You know, they, they put the product in there as the bomb. Mm. Uh, they say, yeah. drink the beer and you will be interesting, you know, drink, drink <laughs> this yeah. beer and you will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. how they put yeah. that together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's sort of, in some ways it's true in, in that it lowers your, uh, social, uh, whatever it is, your uh, social anxiety or whatever. So you can actually, uh, just be, in the sense, yeah, tell so, stories. <laughs> there's some right. truth. There, there's some there. Yeah. And, and look, people are more interesting than they realize, is they're just not good at performance. They're not good right. at just letting it unleashing into it. I was just thinking that while you were talking about that, is that perhaps ads should also be something Nietzschean about it, and that if they can heighten for the people as well, so they don't just sell the product, like you said, if you align it with the truth of the product, it does seem like that is, in a sense, kind of beer, even though you are selling beer. But if you can make it also heighten for them, so it, because you're talking about what men want. And I was thinking that if the ad could also be like art and it could heighten you, it could give you vitality at the same time. And that sort of does. The interesting man in the world, it is oh, giving definitely. you what, what is interesting, right? Oh, totally. So that's good. No. Yeah. No, yeah. those ads are so, very
1: inspiring. You know, they're inspiring yeah. in their own right.
0: What I was also thinking about was how it's so important that we also be entrepreneurial. And there are ways of having duty in this E-right but also be, you have to be entrepreneurial as well, right? Curtis Yarvin, when he uh, did his thing, he got targeted and attacked when he came out, who it actually was, Moldbug. So in a sense, he was trying to do his duty by telling the truth and that he was tearing up when he was at that Peter Thiel ceremony, uh, Peter Thiel function. So obviously he's tried to do his duty and he's really would paid for it at that time, not paying for it now so much because he's now been lifted up by the, the ideas themselves. But strikes me though, we have to do both. That's why he's hired you, is we have to also be a, a parallel economy and such, right? So it strikes me is that we need to, because people would say, oh, we don't want to be involved in marketing, that lowers this to be involved in advertising, that sort of thing. No, we need to have a parallel economy, right? So what would you say to that? This idea that, because uh, some people get a bit communist about it, and um, I just think that we have to have these skill sets. And I understand it from being uh, semi-involved in it. And you'd certainly understand it. But yeah, what do you think about that? What would you say to those people who would say purists who say, oh, you shouldn't be involved in these entrepreneurial things or advertising and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, well, but is anybody saying that we shouldn't be involved in entrepreneurial things or they're just saying like, don't do marketing?
0: I think marketing is probably more the thing than entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. like delicious tacos. Don't don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot of people hate it. You know, a lot of people, I think, particularly people in our scene really just mm. it it makes them immediately turned off and immediately nauseous because they yeah. view it as this like evil um means to an end uh thing. I, I mean I know for a fact delicious tacos thinks that, you know, that that all marketing is evil and all marketing is bad. And there's gonna be people who think that. There's gonna be people who mm uh, say that I, I've never seen it that way though. You know, I, I just don't see it like that. Like to me, uh, marketing and businesses, I mean, businesses are, and it took me a really long time to learn this. Cause I, I can't come from, you know, such ultra artsy creative theater people, my parents, uh, business like is war, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like larping war, right? But, like the closest thing you can have to like a male war band is a business. like that's that's the closest you can get. the The closest you can get to like a straight up gang you know to like a, like which is what we all really want, right? Like the closest thing to having a gang. Is doing a business like that's the best you can do i mean that's the only option there's nothing else we can't go raiding you know the shores of normandy you know or not normandy where, where did the vikings go first uh maybe that was normandy
0: um, um iceland greenland
1: yeah, great. Yeah, wherever they went, you know, that's what we somebody like me would, you know, that's like, my heart is like a rating party person, but like, I can't do that. Mm. So what am I going to do? You know, I, the, the, the only thing I can do is start a business. And a business mm. needs marketing, you know, I mean, you, you just have, there's no way mm. around it, you gotta, you gotta do it. And so mm. if you're, if the, we're going to be filled with these images at all times, if this is the world that we're going to live in, I think it's just very mm. naive to just oh, no, we're not going to touch that thing. You know, we're not going to, oh, we're not going to mm. do that. It's like, you have to do that. There's no other, you know, how do you think every single media company funds themselves? Mm. They fund themselves through, mm. through ads. That's how it's all done now. So, mm. you know, look, I, I understand. I... Not everybody's going to agree with that. Some people are going to say, no, no, that's gross. It's not pure. It's, you know, shilling. But I just don't see it that way. So.
0: But if we think about this as an organism think about a business like a corporate organism which is what it is if you have a really strong powerful leader his daemon his <laughs> it becomes a hyper agent it's almost a wee space between everyone and you download look about think about bap all the people under him have absorbed his uh in a sense his way of being and they are part of that distributed thing this is not everyone can do this but when you have a really powerful leader who has a really powerful way of seeing things and being that can happen right so What is then marketing for that? It's simply an extension of the organism. Exactly. And this is true. This is true. This is truth. It's a true organism, a cognitive organism. It extends and reaches towards the audience wherever they are. This is how it works, man. Sociology, it's okay. Extends out there. And so what's that face going to be? Is that face going to be a lie? Which is, yes, a lot of marketing can be a lie. But now, at least at the moment, the truth, and if you can at least align the organism, say the alignment of the organism at its core is actually wrong, Well, that's where your psychotherapy comes in, doesn't it? It's saying, well, no, founder, let me help you find the true core of this that is, and then they perhaps might align their company further towards that, right? And the, anyway, the face of it though, if you bring that into alignment with a transgressive truth, then that's what you're doing. If, you know, if what you're doing is what you say you're doing, and it is,
1: then yeah, there's nothing wrong the with it. It's simply yeah, putting your best you put foot it...
0: forward, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think you put that perfectly. It's it's the it's part of the organism. It's the best foot forward. I mean, it's exactly It's part of the thing. It's part of the dance. You know, it's part of the dance. Mm. And I don't even think it's a bad part of the dance. I mean, some people will say, you know, I think I think it also a little bit of the issue is like so many people and true rebels like Alex Jones, Alex Jones, the the dark uh, the dark sort of, um, what what do you call like the, the bad part of the perfume, you know, like the Every perfume is rooted in like that something gross, you know. There, every, every every oh has, like, yeah, like contrast of, some like,
0: darker chiaroscuro contrast. Yeah, or there,
1: there's some like dark yeah, yeah. kernel at the corner. The dark kind of like kernel of Alex Jones is that he shills these ridiculous supplements all day. You know, yeah, he yeah, he's right. constantly shilling this shit, and it it just Ooh. makes him seem cheap. It makes it seem mm. it's like why are you doing this? You know, it it just it seems mm. almost like perfectly designed to make him look bad, right? Um, mm. And so I think a lot of people see marketing in that way uh, because mm. that's the type of shit that works. Also, it's like Birch Gold, you know, like the, these uh, mm. yeah. the the crap that um, these conservative news outlets have to sell. Mm. But that's only the way it is because nobody's done this before. You know that no, nobody yeah, nobody has yeah. brought genuinely good marketing opportunities to these people so it's just these bottom Mm. feeders it's these bottom feeders who Mm. can sell anything which is birch gold Mm. and like have you seen like survival Mm. pails (laughs) you know these ridiculous (laughs) like beer based you know it's just like beer products right which is what all this stuff is and that shit sells i mean people particularly with the older people they just buy this shit all day which i find Mm. also pretty gross but you know Mm. what you gotta you gotta Look, attention, this is what I say to everybody. Attention is oil, right? Mm. Attention is oil mm. in today's world. Either you refine it and you use it and you, mm. you know, make it work for you, or you just leave mm. it laying on the <laughs> you know, laying on mm. the plane, you know, like you could it's yeah. pick one, you know. If you if you don't do anything with it, fine, but somebody's mm. gonna do something with it, you know, somebody's gonna make money off of you. How much money is Twitter made off BAP? Mm. A lot. Mm. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like like he's probably but, brought what a billion hits to twitter you know right. and they sell that they, they've they probably hmm. made millions of dollars off the guy and he didn't exactly. make that money you know hmm. but twitter made it so it's like hmm. i think that we should all be much more conscious of the fact that we're spewing this attention everywhere we might as well try and you know refine it and and own it ourselves
0: yes and I would also say to someone like Delicious Tacos is that, do you write a synopsis for your book? A synopsis what? is a boiling. Oh, yeah. uh, does he write a synopsis for his book? Yes. And if yeah. he does, he, and if you do that well, and I know this because I spent so long writing log lines for movies, because you're just trying to set selling log lines, right? Constantly. It's an amazing skill to know. And you should know it because if you can't boil down your ideas to something that's, uh, that has its essence, but boil, you know, uh, then you're probably not doing a job properly and it's an important part of the process but it's again like i said it's, it's the extension of the organism it's the poster of the movie it's the poster of the movie right. and we love great posters when exactly. they're done right yeah and so yeah your book has a cover if it's done right? right it's like yeah yeah the book
1: has a cover you know it, we all we all have a brand we all do this whether whether mm. we like it or not um so yeah i just it's don't just the word brand it. that's it's ugly
0: I, that's it it's just what? the word itself has been tainted the word yeah, brand really has been has. tainted that's that's yeah. the problem it's, it's just face yeah. it's just for the face of the the face of the thing the corporate soul yeah. the face of the corporate soul the brand the of, the of, marketing. of marketing
1: the brand of marketing <laughs> is bad that's, I, I have to yeah write yeah this down because I'm going to use yeah. that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good brand that's of marketing
1: yeah I, that's...
0: I think that's very true I mean, you just need to find the right type of people um it's not going to be this way forever. Of course, once the truth, if the truth can get us back to where we are, then, you know, lies will be effective again, you know? So, but while it is for the hundred years that it might be, or the 50 years it might be, it's an amazing opportunity. Uh, And I don't know anyone else that's doing it right. And you want someone good that you're working with. that's trying to get to the essence of things. So, I mean, I immediately saw with you and particularly with that Hestia ad, the smoking, the cigarette one, just that, great transgression uh really interesting grabbing ways that you know that the media is going to hate um you yeah. know yep, yep. I, I, I know yeah. I, well maybe you can explain the hestier ad actually yeah. the thinking behind so, that I'll put, I'll put it up here for the audience
1: sure sure i wish you know i really wish we had more work to show i i we so you know Will in this the agency is called Will in this incarnation has really only been around for six months. So Hestia is the cigarette brand who we work with, and they're um really cool. You know, they're they're trying to make um uh natural cigarettes, um mm. kind of like American spirit, but even better, you know, even better than American Spirit. Mm. They use they use um like algae to make their paper instead of chemicals. Mm. And uh, cause you need some sort of like, I think, uh, fuel on the paper itself. So they have, or something like, I don't look, I don't know, but um, they're, they're and starting a new cigarette company is like almost impossible. So uh, <laughs> we were, they do a lot of like, um, what does the uh, powers that be, what are the bio Leninists? What are they, like really they never want to tell you to be skinny right like that's mm. like they they hate the idea of being skinny and like mm. skipping meals they would never tell you to skip a meal and they hate cigarettes they fucking hate mm. cigarettes like they've decided that cigarettes are their like you know hate 10 minutes hate you know or well it's mm. like hey, we hate cigarettes it's like gives them this mm. thing to say that we hate and uh so Hestia just for us was the perfect brand Because it's just like, oh, it's so many opportunities. So uh, speaking of the dark, I think every great tagline, like we said about Just Do It, Gary Gilmore earlier, every great tagline, every great branding campaign does come from something like dark and ugly and scary. Mm. So uh, there's this phrase in the pro-Anna community, which is like anorexic, like young women. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That is... uh, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they all like say this to each other, you know, yeah. which is yeah, terrible. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not saying this is good. I, it's terrible. It's, you know, look, it's young girls, they should be protected, whatever. But uh, it's still a funny line. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we're like, you know, we want to bring like cigarettes and beauty, and like, re- why not replace mm-hmm. a meal with a cigarette every now and then? Mm-hmm. You know, like if you want to, it's you know, cigarettes are great. They're, they're mm-hmm. I think, I think they're uh, a new atropic, right? I mean, like tobacco, uh, nicotine mm-hmm. is a new atropic. I think they can be great mm-hmm. for you. So mm-hmm. the line we came up with for Hestia was, tastes as good as skinny feels.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 there is something so good about this, though, in a way, even though, like you said, they all, it comes from a dark place, but at the moment, that's, that's great because it's, it's so anti the message of what's, in a way, I felt about cigarettes and personally, I wouldn't smoke, like, smoke, I smoke cigars, though I agree with the nicotine point, but I thought about cigarettes So something about it being a man, and I think this about cigars too, is that I'll transgress if I want to, I'll not obey your overarching you know, which is what the machine's doing. And in a sense, that's what you're doing. It's saying that it's our decision to say skinny's good. And so yeah. it is a, tra- a transgression of, of that and a well, transgression and what, of this.
1: No, no, sorry. Sorry. I didn't you mean to interrupt you.
0: No, no, go for it. Go for it.
1: I, I was just saying that that's exactly right. It, it's so transgressive. It's simply just yeah. saying skinny mm. is good. Skip a meal, mm. smoke a cigarette, mm. Just mm. saying those th- two things is like you would say that to a person mm. who works in a marketing agency. Their brain would explode. Mm. They would be like, mm. "Oh my, how could you?" Like,
0: yeah.
1: like yeah. They, they, just having that thought to them is like mm. so beyond the pale. Which just goes mm. to show how far we've come. Like we've come so far left mm. to mm. to the point that you can't even just say something true about your mm. like like it's legal to say. Mm. smoking makes you skinny and it tastes good and it's mm. awesome you can say that like nobody's stopping yeah. you from saying that but yeah. they make yeah. they make it seem like it's illegal to say that right they make it yeah. seem yeah. like you cannot say that but you can yeah. you can say anything yeah. you can you could make a you yeah. know the, uh, actually delicious tacos tweets about this a lot like alcohol companies have to every alcohol ad is drive responsibly mm. you know it's mm. like like drink responsibly like every Mm. alcohol ad is that it's the opposite Mm. of what they want you to drink they want you to drink as much of it as (laughs) drink
0: recklessly but in a sense that was what the beauty of the product is in terms of uh the good if you do it like you say you drink like three four that's still drinking recklessly in terms of it's let the beauty of alcohol is it lets you speak what's on your mind that's why you do it so yeah it is a good essence of things right and that is and so they are killing at the same time, the good essence of things. Cause we know that we're, uh, we know that we're doing something dangerous when a man smokes a cigar. It's done on purpose. It's a filter for men because we're, yeah. we're not uh, girl bosses. We, we want to keep put people out like that. We do yeah. it because it is sort of like that. It's a d- slightly dangerous because you know, it's your choice to, to risk a bit of your being of how long your life might be. There is a part of that in cigarette smoking or, or cigar smoking, which I would more recommend. <laughs> but 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 yeah it's 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 yeah but yeah, yeah um but i think that yeah i i so i think this uh, there is a deep truth there there is a deep yeah. truth there and, um yeah
1: i mean I, yeah. it's like there should just be ads of like look get drunk imagine imagine mm. an alcohol brand saying get drunk just that
0: yeah <laughs> you know yeah, you yeah. yeah. See that. That, that, how that, great would, be would like, that, that, that would be, be though be-
1: you, yeah you people can look at would and be, go wow yeah
0: yeah people Tell would the be truth. appalled
1: like it, it, yeah. there was actually a great uh one of my favorite campaigns ever was a southern comfort which is this like disgusting yeah. like liqueur yeah. that we have here but it's yeah. horrible it, you would you would drink yeah, it yeah, and you yeah. would i know you would, it, like yeah. rail against americans for because <laughs> <an hour> <laughs> it's, it's horrible
0: but but um, southern illness not southern yeah comfort.
1: southern yeah, is Ill. just the worst but they had an amazing campaign in 2012 that was all it was uh, called "Whatever's Comfortable," and it was just yeah. like a fat dude in a speedo walking down the beach for 30 seconds with mm-hmm. a great song, just sweating, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like yeah. you know, holding holding yeah, the glass yeah. of Southern Comfort, and it was just like yeah. it was amazing. It's one of the best campaigns ever because it was just like, hey, drink this shit yeah. and just chill, <laughs> like you know, do it, yeah. do you yeah. want yeah. because you're drunk,
0: so it's yeah. great, you
1: know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, we need we need more of that, I think, but um, totally. even but even now, the stuff is deeply uh, transgressive. I think that it would be so great to see. And if we can have more brands, if we build more of a parallel economy, and this is a really important part of that having. And this is the guy you're speaking to. This is the guy in our E-Rite that is, does this. There is no one else. Like it's, it's him. So we need to have an economy around that and people or companies that are emerging need to, to be siphoned towards this
1: absolutely think, and and um, we should right we should we should be glorifying all these brands that are that are coming up and and there's so many of them there's so many mm. there there i i talked mm. to a beer guy uh last week i you know there's Hestia there's Dissident soaps, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. There's all. There is so many of these brands. There's olive oils. I mean, you know, that's why Man's World is mm. is so great because Man's World contains a yeah. lot of these legitimate uh, base brands that are owning this shit. So,
0: yeah, I think that's another thing. I'm gonna have um, uh, Raw Egg Nationalist on soon. Is that he's got a lot of great uh, fake ads, but intertwined are emerging brands that contact real him. Ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's a great pool for that. Yeah, real ones that contact him. So hopefully that can be siphoned towards this, a structure can emerge where it can actually properly do it and get to the essence of the matter. But is there anything else you wanted to bring up or talk about before we sort of come to close? But this has been great. I think. Oh,
1: yeah, this was this was awesome, man. It's so it's so nice to be on the other side. Uh, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I've I've just been podcast. I, I have done almost no appearances in this. Uh, yeah. In this incarnation, but um, no, I, I this was awesome, man. I I really love your um you know you're you're striking at the core of this idea of making sure that the products of our creativity are rooted in the essence of ourselves and of our history and of our culture and mm. i just really appreciate you, you know you're you're like it's it's almost impossible to articulate that without poetry right i mean it's like you're striking mm. at something you're like beating on the door of the metaphysical right and it's like yes. you're right there And so I, I, you know, and Mm. I'm right on the same page, man. So I really appreciate that you're uh, going Mm. there and we we need more people like you who are willing to like dig to that level, you know, because it's hard. It's really Mm. hard to go there.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is that People don't, it's something that people, it's too hard. It's a pain in the ass. It's easier to talk about scholars that already exist than to investigate yep. our own being. It's much easier to do that. Much easier to talk about Nietzsche, much easier because that's all, all, all the scholarships already been done on that. And a new idea can come to you about that. But you take a risk when you say, oh, here's my theory about this, you know, especially if you're not some soy drinking academic, right? <laughs> so but I think with, this pop, with, with, the, with the populism, that's, all that matters is the audience size. And if you're getting to the truth of the matter, and that's what I constantly say, is if you get to the truth of the matter and we can link these things up, so if we're consulting, you know, we talk on Twitter, we're consulting, so these things are starting to link up. Hopefully this thing can flash through. And so all of it's connected to a sort of truth of being. If you get it right, the thing is aligned to what's in the audience and it should energize everyone. And so then capital aligns with the truth of being. And it's not just a machine then, you know? So yeah, yeah I think all these pieces can fit together. And I hope as the e right emerges, and more that a structure starts to, uh, where everyone can start mutually lifting, and profit can come. So it's both duty and profit at the same time. Yeah, duty yeah. and
1: profit at the same time. Right, I totally agree. I mean, you know, as a slogan, I'll write that one down too: duty <laughs> and profit. I mean, yeah, got it. But it's like you know. Then again, is that? You know, is that trying to have it all, you know, it's like, is it trying to do too much? True. And, you know, I don't know, man. I just say I'm but just that- a ordinary. Uh... <laughs> there's. uh Do you ever watch the wire?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Love it.
1: Did you like the, Wire? remember, remember when, uh, uh, yeah. it, it's, uh, so there's stringer bell and who's the drug dealer in the first couple seasons, the main guy,
0: um, uh... I can't remember. Stringer
1: and before Marlo Stanfield comes along.
0: Yeah.
1: I forget. Leader. I forget. I forget his name. But anyway, is he, like the is main, he the
0: short one or the tall? No, yeah, the, the really guy, tall. The, one.
1: the really, oh, the really Avon tall. One. Yeah, I remember what Avon he looks Barstool. like.
0: Avon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Avon.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a great moment where like uh you know, Stringer Bell uh is always plotting mm. and like uh <laughs> he's always trying to like you know legitimize the business and do all this like bells and whistles. Mm and avon says look man uh you can have all the business you want i'm just an ordinary gangster and i want my corners (laughs) and i'm always (laughs) really like related to that like i'm just like a you know like i just want to make some money for our our boys man like that's it like i'm not trying to really like um that's I, I'm trying to just like be a just an ordinary gangster, man.
0: That's it. Like I I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. I do what you do. Like, and uh, I and I thought yeah. about this after our last conversation as well. I thought I'm talking a lot about truth and duty, but at the sense his business just be transgressive at the same time. You know what I mean? I thought yeah. you don't want to be too because you need to make you need to do because we all you know, need to make the thing work and the economy needs to emerge, right? So. I thought shit i don't want to m- push him too far in that direction because then he's going to do <laughs> right. what's not transgressive enough and not you know yeah. not that you would just listen to me but i'm just so I, I you know things influence things right naturally the truth like we talked earlier the truth is also cam is very tr- uh, transgressive at the moment so but yeah i totally know what you're saying to to give too much uh uh some things aren't possible right because you are it is marketing after all and uh, but also for me like i'm t- you can 't be too oh, i 'm going to change the whole thing it 's like that meme of the of the chud I can save her I'm, you know i 'm going to save the West like one guy's going to save the west right i 'm Caesar yeah, you can do your bit and you ride the tiger and that 's all you can do right Damn right amen amen to that that 's probably probably a good place to end it uh, so <laughs> thanks everyone. God bless you hope you enjoyed it If you have any marketing things go this is our guy this is the e writes guy so Jump to him with your marketing things. Um, See you later.